0: This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us here on this freezing Monday evening. And happy President's Day. Speaking about this freezing weather, there's not blackouts in Texas. I literally just wrapped up an outstanding conversation about the energy grid here in North Dakota. In fact, earlier today, Governor Doug Bergen put out a statement asking us here in North Dakota to conserve energy to help the people in the grid for people down in Texas. So spoke with somebody that does lobbies for the wind uh, wind business, uh, does a lot of work on oil and gas, Bob Harms. So if you want to see that conversation, please go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash POV now. Tonight, though, we want to talk about the mental health of our kids. We know it's had a tremendous impact because of this COVID pandemic, what's happened to the mental health of our youth. We've got a couple of very special guests tonight to talk about that, give you some insight if you're a grandparent or parent. Here is a large part of that conversation.
1: My youngest patient who successfully committed suicide was eight years old, um, She stated that not being able to see her grandmother, not being able to see her friends, being terrified that if she went outside that her mother would die, um, was more than she could handle, and she was able to verbalize that.
0: Dr. Jean Gulick joins us, as well as David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition. Uh, to both of you, thanks so much for joining us. Dr. Gullix, I've been wanting to have you on the show now for quite some time i've I've played that clip for many guests and every time i hear it it's like my heart's just getting pulled out of my chest can you just add some more color and, and context to that story as to what happened
1: well that's that's a very very emotional story um very popular young lady very bright in school she was very talented in skating and dancing and she was an only child Um, They were quarantined, she and her mother, and she was unable to see her father and her grandparents. And she was terrified that if she went to school that they would become ill and she would be the cause of her grandmother's death because she had heard enough news. And she took her own life one evening. Um, Mom found her. It's extremely tragic. And unfortunately, there have been, more suicide attempts some numbers up estimate up to 150 percent more than a year ago in probably more adolescents than the young kids fortunately Uh, the college kids three-fourths of them admit to thinking about suicide within the last 30 days so it is a tremendous burden for society and for these kids
0: but can you Repeat that, please. Did you just say that three-fourths of college kids have had
1: suicidal thoughts within the last 30 days? Yeah.
0: I mean, I know you're in this field. So you sort of say, like, hey, Chris, but, but that is a stunning number to yeah. me. I, I guess if you can dive in a little bit more, but also from the standpoint, what I'd like to hear from you as to what you're seeing in your practices, the question I consistently ask people is, is, is where's the balance? Because I understand we see these numbers from COVID. We see what's going on maybe with some of the the, the elderly care places and yet mm-hmm. some of the numbers that we don't often see or hear about are the mental health impact mm-hmm. on our youth so what, what do you say about finding more of a balance
1: so the, i think the biggest problem is there let's talk about the college kids first because their situation's different they had expectations of uh, a new life if you will a new growing um, community a new tribe, we call it, and they're finding themselves alone in their dorm rooms, alone with their Zoom learning um, on their phones up to 14 hours a day, just lost. And so fortunately, they do utilize the crisis lines at the different universities. Some of them do. Um, Some of them have not seen their parents because they didn't get to go home uh, over the holidays at all spring break, I don't know what's going to happen because of the fear. And when they're afraid, when any age is afraid, um, anxiety and depression go high, much higher than typical.
0: So, and David, we'll get to you in a moment, but but, doctor, obviously you're a doctor. I want, I want you to just share with us where, like, what, what do you think is going on? Because when you look at the data, it doesn't show that schools are super spreader places. We don't see high death rates within our youth. And then to understand that now we're losing some of our youth due to suicide, you would think would open some eyes going, hey, we've got to get these kids back in school as soon as possible.
1: Yeah. All these kids, preschool on up, um, they depend on peers. They depend on interactions with play, interactions with teachers, interaction with parents and others for normal development. They are becoming delayed in gross motor skills, running, jumping, skipping, hopping when they're younger, um, fine motor skills, because they're not doing their art projects, their science projects. They're not um, around other kids. So they're not playing pickup ball. They're not, um, everything is structured, if if even available for them. Now it's like getting a little bit better. Um, my grandsons are in Fargo and they're in school as of this week, five days a week. There is uh, complications. They have to wear their masks all day, which um, causes some headaches for some of the kids. But everybody rip, uh, lip reads and everybody needs to see faces in order to have any idea of what's going on. Um, is the teacher upset? Is she happy? You know, That's a problem in the school age and high school kids. The little ones don't see um, smiles and they learn to lip read at eight months old, which indicates that they're interested in language. They can't tell who's talking, so they're becoming more and more confused. Talking is delayed. Um, I have some kids that are autistic kids and the five-year-old was out for a whole semester because she couldn't, wouldn't keep a mask on. She went back in June she missed six times. She was out for two weeks at a time because of a close encounter. Um, never had COVID herself. Her therapist doesn't even get to work without wearing a mask. So she's not seeing faces, even though she's trying to learn speech. Um, so, of course, behavior dives with those kinds of problems also.
0: What's so fascinating to say that because I remember when I first was going on and about and trying to communicate with people with mass at like a Starbucks or whatever. And I, I found myself realizing how much I'm rely on facial expressions for communication. And it was like, I'm really having a challenge. here trying to understand what these people are communicating in an effective way. So um, one last question for you, doctor. And so you've talked about um, some of the the loss and skills. And my question is, and I know this is a t- tough question to answer, but what do you think is the, the, the loss to society that we're going to see in the future because of what we have done to our youth today
1: well there's been some studies done and there's certainly estimates um, as of fall and we're way past fall now the estimate was that the kids were about 80 percent behind nationwide in their academics which of course means um, ability to think ability to problem solve complex problem solving their um, estimates that by 2030 the number of children with autism will double because that's a communication disorder. So I think the impact is huge. Um, I have a friend who has not held or touched her now three-year-old grandson since January 2020. Um, That's impacting her relationship and their relationship for life the ability to socialize freely, to play with your peers, to have physical contact, Um, we've known for decades that that's critical to child development.
0: David, I know you've done a lot of research on this, so I want to get your take on what do you think the the societal cost is or impact as to um, what we've been doing and how the data didn't always seem to add up to how we were structuring our schools versus um, how many students were actually inside the schools.
2: Well, Chris, uh, that's that's almost impossible to calculate, just because the number would be so massive. Um, we've we've never seen anything like this before, and I'm, I'm not talking about COVID-19. We've seen a lot of things like COVID-19. Uh, every every flu season, we see something like COVID-19, um, but the the overreaction and the fear that has gripped people to the point that they. They can't seem to think logically anymore. Shutting down businesses, shutting down schools, the impact that it's having on just the elderly uh, who are isolated. In, you know, there are people that want to uh, want to outlaw solitary confinement for criminals who are in prison because it's so incredibly difficult to live in isolation for extended periods of time. And yet the elderly, the people that have already lived, lived you know, they've they've contributed to society they've done their part and now they're they're living in 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 uh, elderly care homes or nursing homes they have no human contact whatsoever they can't see their families they can't see their grandchildren the people that take care of them come in with masks on their face and shields and gloves they have zero human contact this whole concept of masks somehow stopping covid um if masks stop covid then The family should be able to walk in with a mask and see their their elderly uh relatives but they're not allowed to the elderly relatives should be able to wear them but they're but no they've literally cut them off isolated them to the point that they are now dying deaths of despair um elderly people are refusing food because they can't see their loved ones they can't see any human being the people that they see are the people that come in all masked up and gloved up to take care of their basic needs and then they're out the out the door uh, so these are people who are who are living in solitary confinement against their will and they're saying no reason to go on like that. Uh, how long are, are, are they expected to live like that? So many of them are, are, are doing things to take their own lives. It's reprehensible and evil uh, I think beyond description and that's just that's just at that end of the scale. Dr. Gullick is an expert on what's happening on the other end of the scale to the children but I think that the biggest takeaway from this is that all of it's unnecessary, COVID-19 is not the black plague of the of the 14th century it's a mildly virulent disease that does affect people who have comorbidities who have chronic illnesses and suppressed immune systems and so those people should take care just as they always do
0: very important conversation i know we're going to have you back i'd love to have you back and thank you for the insight tonight we appreciate it
1: thank you
0: all right stay with us when we come back we're going to hear from the brand new mayor of moorhead As always, I'd love to know your point of view. Very important conversation there. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.